Thank you so much for coming and being here for our evening service. And of course, tonight, as I had announced, tonight is going to be the Lord's Supper. But we're going to start off with some songs. Going to start with Stand Up, Stand Up, and Oh Church, Arise. And I think um, because it's Stand Up, Stand Up, let's all stand and do that first block of songs there. take this evening and set it aside as a time to reflect on you as we consider your broken body and your shed blood and knowing that it was a willing sacrifice that you gave as unimaginable as that is that your love would be so great for sinners such as us but yet it is so and we praise you and we thank you for it I pray that you'd be with our service this evening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to sing, Let Us Break Bread Together.
this table. Uh, let's just stay seated and let's sing it as unto the Lord as we prepare to go to the scriptures. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians. We're also going to go to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to look in different scriptures as we talk about um, doing communion in the remembrance of the Lord. And that's what he commanded us to do. And that's what we're going to do tonight. But let's sing one more song as he gathered at his table. chapter 11. I'm going to read to you verses 23 down through 34. I'm going to really focus on verses 24 and 25, but also going to pull some things out as long as we go down through, do, looking at the entire service as a service of remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to read to you verses 23 right down through 34. The Apostle Paul writing to us as he was inspired of God, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let him examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. There are several things that I just want to draw out of this text tonight 
The first I want to do is just remind you that when we come to this text, we are really talking about Christ's death. Now this morning when we started the service, I reminded you that today is Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday that we reflect and celebrate the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. But we must never forget the whole reason he came to Jerusalem was to die. Now next Sunday we'll celebrate his resurrection. But between the triumphal entry and the resurrection is the death. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Mark. Let's look over to Mark chapter 15, and let's take a moment to remember all that transpired at the cross. Because when we start talking about the broken body and the shed blood of Christ, that brings us to the cross. So look with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 15, and I'm going to read to you verse 21 on down. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is, being interpreted, the place of the skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour. And they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Christ cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama spekthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. This is the text of the crucifixion, the death of Christ. Next Sunday, we will celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But tonight we do at communion, just as the Lord told us to do, and that he asked us to reflect upon his broken body, his shed blood, just as recorded in Mark chapter 15 and throughout the New Testament. So when we look here at verse 26 in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where it simply reminds us, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And we've taken that moment and we have looked and we've considered and I hope you have really let it set in on you 
on how that Christ suffered and died for your sins and for mine. If you'll notice in that same verse, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. When we take the Lord's Supper, as we're going to do this evening, it also ties into prophecy, doesn't it? Because he says to us as a church, as his believers, as his followers, that we should do this all the way until his second coming. When we start talking about the second coming, for you and I that are Christians alive today, we're listening for the trump, aren't we? We're listening for the rapture. We're listening to be caught up to be with him forevermore. In fact, turn with me, if you would, over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And let's look at that text that reminds us to comfort one another with the truths of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up or raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then I love that verse 18 says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. When you and I start talking about the rapture, the catching up of the saints to be with the Lord. It's not something we fear or dread. It's not something that God gave to us to terrorize us or others. He says it's something that comforts us. To know that at any moment, at any time, Christ could catch us up to be with him forevermore. We could hear the trump and bam, in the twinkling of an eye, be caught up to be with him. But when we look here in 1 Corinthians, and it talks about doing the Lord's Supper until he should come again, it's not just you and I that are alive today who are looking and listening for that rapture that catches us to, up to be with him. But we also understand that there is a second coming when our Lord Jesus Christ will come again and step his feet upon the earth. Here in a few weeks, I'm going to be starting in our Sunday school class a whole series on prophecy. And there we'll learn all the details of those things. But when we start talking about the second coming of Christ, that takes us to the book of Revelation. Look with me to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, and I'm going to read to you verses 11 on down. And here we see the physical return of Christ. Not just in the air where we'll meet him and be caught up to be with him forevermore, but rather when he himself shall come and set foot again upon the earth. Listen to what Revelation 19, 11 and on down says. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat on him was called 
faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So when we look in this text in 1 Corinthians 11, and when we look down at that verse where it tells us to do this partaking of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him all the way until he comes again, we as Christians alive today, listen for the trump. Christians in the future will look for that trump, then that tribulation, and then that return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I will be caught up to be with the Lord. In fact, the scriptures teach us we're not chosen unto the wrath. We will be caught up before God's wrath is poured out in that time of tribulation. But the second coming will come. Christ will come again. And we look to these scriptures and remember and rejoice and find comfort in that knowledge. Go back with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, because I want to show you a third thing. Look with me down at verse 28, if you would. He says, but, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. The scriptures challenge us that when it comes to partaking of the Lord's Supper, it's a time of examination. And part of that examination ties into salvation itself. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. You know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? That's a serious verse. He's challenging us in that text. He says, examine yourselves. Is not the Lord Jesus Christ in you? Have you not received him as your savior? And he's saying to us, if you can't see Christ in you, if you don't recognize the work of God in you, are you a reprobate? That's self-examination. Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. When you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, whether you were a young child or a senior, senior in high school or a senior saint, when you receive Christ, he came to dwell within you. And nobody can judge that but you and God. Your wife, your husband, your neighbor, your friend, your kids, your parents. Nobody can know whether Christ is in you but you. When we look at the 12 apostles, we see 12 that Christ chose. 
And all those looking from the outside would have looked in and they would have never known that there was a Judas, a betrayer, in the midst of the twelve. God knew. Judas knew. But the others did not. You and I tonight, we're challenged. We're challenged by the, the scriptures to examine ourselves, to make sure that we are in the faith, that we are walking with the Lord, that we truly desire to honor him. The scriptures call us to be holy because he is holy. And that's exactly what we do when we come to communion. We come to a time when we just reflect and say, am I a Christian? And if I am a Christian, am I right with my God? And we will take a, a moment, we'll take a moment for each of us to bow our heads and to take time to talk to our Lord that we might be sure that we are right with him. Look again with me to our text there in 1 Corinthians 11. And I want you to look down with me, if you would, to verse 33. And I want you to see here, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. So here we see that when we start talking about communion in the Lord's Supper, we're not just talking about ourselves, but we're talking about the church. He tells us, when you are coming together for the Lord's Supper, when you are coming together to participate in communion, he tells us to wait one for another, to be concerned and care about the church as a body, to come and be a part. It's one of the reasons why I announce ahead of time, we're going to be doing Lord's Supper. I would like to encourage you to come. I really want you to participate as a church. Here he challenges us. Wait on one another, care for one another. Ecclesiastes chapter four, Verse 9 talks about how that we help one another. So look with me, if you would, over to Ecclesiastes. Because I want to remind you, this is a part of partaking of the Lord's Supper. We're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Here we find the scriptures teach us about unity among the brethren, coming together, working together. And even in communion, the Lord's Supper, he reminds us to not think of only ourselves, but to care, to care about others, tarry one for another, that each other might be encouraged, strengthened, and participate together. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. That simply means that we have an effect on one another. 
We help each other be better. Or we should, shouldn't we? As brothers and sisters in Christ, it should never be said that we dull another person. It should be that we help hone them, that they might be sharper, better. As we look at this text, we are reminded that when we come together to reflect on the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must always remember the Bible teaches us he died for the, for the church. That means he died for his children, for his people. He died for all that would put their faith and trust in him. We are not an island unto ourselves. We are part of a family, the family of God, engrafted in, born into his family through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at these texts, we remember his death. We remember his presence in us. We remember his coming again. And we remember that we are part of a church. The church that Christ died for. That family that lives and serves and works together to his glory and honor. So as we partake tonight, I want you to make a part of all those things a part of what we do together as a church.